Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. message tonight is to study to show thyself approved and that text is going to come from 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15 Um, and that's study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth rightly dividing the word of truth and before I even get started into that let me say that that these words are important and all scripture is important all scripture is, is, is valuable and it, and it has, is, is profitable, the Bible says. But these words are for that, that younger Timothy who needed these words from, from Paul. These words are words that every Christian man and woman needs. I need this. I need to, I need to heed these words. Um, these words are for young people and these words are for old people. And however you want to define young and old. You may be sitting here tonight and you say, yeah, I'm the young person. That's great. I'm the old person. That's great. Whatever class you put yourself in, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm the young person. So I get to be the young guy up here. And um, so whatever, whatever place you put yourself, these words are for people, I'll say this, of every race and nationality because Christianity is much bigger than any label you want to put on yourself or you want to put on anybody else. So that it, none of this, there's a lot of talk today about a lot of different things going on. And I'm here to tell you that the Word of God, it transcends all of that. It applies to everybody. These words apply to all of us. I think I chose this passage for a couple reasons. I think I chose this passage for a couple reasons. One, I would say it speaks to me when the when the word the word study is in there. As an educator, I like that word study in there. So we have to study and we have to we have to show ourselves approved unto God. And then I I, I think as we, we talk about that tonight, that, that'll come through. And then if we look at the author of this book, the author of the book is Paul. And Paul is speaking to a younger man, Timothy, and what he's telling him is he's trying to encourage him and tell him that he wants him to carry on the ministry in the way that Paul has conducted himself. And several times he alludes to that and he says, you know, what you've seen in me, do those things. What you've learned of me, do those things. And so I think that speaks to me in a way because as, as we go through this Christian life, I think God gives us different seasons of, of life where there are certain things that we can do and there are certain things we, we, we don't do. Um, I know when I, when I started here, believe it or not, when I started here, I was the youngest guy on staff. I know it's hard to believe, and Ryan Cavan makes fun of me for that, and he says that's not, not possible, but it is true. I was the youngest guy on staff here, and so whenever I, was, whenever I started here on staff, you know, my goal was just like, I, I, I knew I needed, I needed to study. I knew I needed to learn God's Word. I knew I needed to do that. But there's one thing I knew I could do at that time, and that was I could work. Man, I could work hard. I could be involved. I was involved in the bus ministry, involved in junior church, involved in just put myself into everything. My my motto was, let's let's do it until God says, no, I can't do it. And so as the years go on, and then you learn (laughs) you can't keep up that pace (laughs) for for very, very long. It just, it kind of gets, and so God moves you into different positions. And so as you move into different positions and different seasons of life, you've got to figure out how to manage those things. Brother Doug and I have talked about these things a couple of times about where we're at in, in a different state. I'm just at a different stage in life now. And so I hope, I hope that God would allow me to be in a position where I can hopefully say some things to some younger men and some younger women and some Christians who are, who are coming up behind and say to them, here's some things that I've learned. You can take it or leave it. It's up to you. But here's some things that I've learned. And hopefully uh, that would be a blessing to them. So that speaks to me in that, that way as well. Just because I cannot do some of the same things I used to do doesn't mean that the Lord is done with me. And by the way, the same thing is true for you sitting here today. If you're sitting here today, you're, you're within the sound of my voice. God's not done with you. I can't stress that enough. God is not done with you. You say, I used to be involved in this ministry, and I used to do this, and I used to do that. I can relate. I get it. 
But wherever you're at right now, find out what God would have you to do and do that. Do that. We need people in all aspects of ministry. We need people doing all kinds of things. And you know what we need? You know what we need? We need a group of people who say, I can't physically get in there and do that part of the ministry. I can't do the bus. I can't do junior church. I can't do this. I can't, I can't physically do those things. But I can pray for the people who do. We need those people. We need those people more than ever. We need those people. And so I think that this passage speaks to me in that regard because I think I feel like that's, that's where the Lord is moving me into that different area of my life. And so I want to be praying for people. I want to be involved with people and hopefully be a resource that some people can say, hey, what do we do for this and what do we do for that? I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to sit down and, and chat with you about it. And maybe the Lord can use it in some way. So tonight I want to do almost like it's not it's I don't think it's like a preaching kind of message. I think it's more like a Bible study as we go through this. And so we'll get into the message here just quickly. I want to give you some background on the book. The book of 2 Timothy was written by Paul to Timothy around 67 AD. So that's the time frame we're looking at. 2 Timothy, from what I can tell, is written about four years after uh, 1 Timothy. Paul is writing at the end of his life from a Roman prison. So remember that. He's writing from a Roman prison. And the big idea to me, the big idea of the book is that one generation passing on their faith to the next generation. And you know what? That's how a lot of us got here. That's how you got here. Somebody, with, somebody told you about Jesus. And so now we have to continue to do that. And we need people passing on their faith. We need that. And so please, heed what the, heed what the book has to say. Just again, a quick summary. Chapter 1 talks about Paul introducing himself. And he says, I'm writing to Timothy. And, and I want to give you a charge. He says, I want you to preach and spread the word. Use the gift that God has given you. God gave you a gift. And if he gave you a gift, I want you to use it to bring honor and glory to the Lord. And that's what we need to do. It's so practical. At the end of the verse, at the end of the chapter, he tells us, there's, it's funny, if you read through the, the chapter of 1 Timothy, he gets down there and he says, there's a couple of people who left me, but there's one who was faithful to me. And God uses him to encourage this, this, this preacher. He says, I want him to encourage you as he encouraged me. And the lesson to learn here, you know what? We don't like it when men fail us. I don't like it when men fail us. But guess what? They do. And, and we disappoint from time to time. And we're going to let people down from time to time. And you're going to have people who disappoint you in this life. But here's the lesson to learn, I think, from this. And, and this isn't the message. This is just getting this, the background to it, okay? He says there's going to be some people who are going to disappoint us in this life. And I've experienced that. You've experienced that. We've all experienced that. People have disappointed us in this life. Um, but be sure we don't get so caught up with the ones who have left us that we can neglect the ones who have been faithful to us. You know what? Because for all those ones that you say, oh, this guy failed me, and this guy failed me, and this guy let me down, and this, this person disappointed me. What about all the people who didn't? What about all the people who remained faithful? I remember, I remember coming on staff at, at, at Liberty Baptist Church, and there was an incident that took place with the family that's in our church, and this, this guy did this... I don't even want to get into it, but I was, I, I, it, it like shocked me. Like, this happens in a Christian church? I was very naive. I didn't grow up in church. Like, these things aren't supposed to happen. These, these people are Christian people. They, they love the Word of God, and they do the right thing. And then this guy did this horrible, horrible thing. And I was like, wow, what do I do now? I'd worked with this guy. We were on the bus together. We'd, we'd talked together. We'd prayed together. We'd done, and now he let me down. And I remember a pastor saying to me, you know what, Kevin? Yeah, it's disappointing. We're going to work with this guy. We're going to do what we can. But there's a whole bunch of other people who need you to be in your place. They need you to be faithful. They need you to remain and do. So, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And you know what? Through the years, I've seen a lot of people that remain faithful. And they just keep on doing what the Word of God tells them to do. And we need to focus on that group. So this is what chapter 1 he tells us. And then he gets into chapter 2. And if you don't mind, we're coming to church. I figured we can read some scripture, right? Is that okay? 
Is that all right? And we can do that. So I, I don't apologize for reading the Word of God. I think if we come to church, we should expect that. And, and I'm not going to just kind of go, well, let's glance through that real quick. So I'll read through this. I want to give a little bit of commentary as we go down through there. And then we'll get to verse 15 and I'll get to the message. And I promise you we won't be here all night. It's not a new preaching series. It's nothing like that. It's just we're going to get into the Word of God and find out what it has to say. So 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll read all the way down to our, to our text verse there. So it starts off and says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And just what I would say there is keep the right focus. Just keep the right focus. As, an, as educated as you may be sitting here today, and there's a lot of educated people here, a lot of people who know a lot of people, anything you say that is going to make an internal impact, and by the way, that's the only kind of impact we should be trying to make, it should be about the Word of God. It should be about the Lord Jesus Christ. So he said, keep the right focus. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men who shall be able to teach others also. And from the beginning of this chapter, Paul's telling Timothy that what he has seen in Paul's life, he said, what you have seen in me, I want you to try to, try to put into your own life. You're not going to be Paul. I'm not going to be Pastor Thompson. I'm not going to be Sammy. I'm not going to be Brother Ryan. I'm not going to be anybody. He said, but you can see some things in my life that you can put into your life. And that's really good advice. That's really good advice. Verse number, um, where are we at? Verse number three. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. He said, it's not going to be an easy, but endure that hardness as a soldier. Um, if you've been in a service and you know that there's, there's things you've got to go through, things you've got to endure for a while. You do those things. Why? For the good of the mission, for, for accomplishment. Get it done. It's going to happen. No man, verse 4, no man that worth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Focused attention is what I would say there. Focused attention. Keep your eyes and minds focused on the Lord and what he requires us to do. Verse number 5, and I'm not going to comment on all the verses. Don't worry. We're going to get there. I promise you. And if a man will strive for masteries, yet he's not crowned, except he strive lawfully. What I would say there is just, you know what? In, in, in today's vernacular, today's wording, I would say this. There's, there's a proper way to, to play a game. If you play basketball, you've got to play within the rules. If you do, if you do another sport, you've got to play within the rules. If you cheat and get caught, you don't win. He says so here, strive for the mastery. This is, we have, there's a right way to conduct yourselves as a Christian. And there's a, there's, a, there's a rule book. There's a plan for it. And this is what we need to follow. Don't be trying to cheat it and go cut corners and do the least amount possible. Do what you can to be pleasing to the Lord. Verse number um, six, the husbandman laboreth must be first partaker of the fruits. Only makes sense, right? He's the one who's, who's producing it. He gets to partake of the fruits. Verse number seven, consider what I say, and the Lord give thee understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ is the seed of David, was raised from the dead according to my gospel, wherein I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even unto bonds, but the word of God is not bound. Those three verses together right there, I, I think, you know what, I don't always understand what God is doing in my life at the time. And sometimes it doesn't seem to make sense. And sometimes I want to say, God, why me? Why now? How come I don't get what this person gets? Or how come they're blessed and I'm not? And I don't understand what God is doing. But be sure of this, God does. And not only does God know what he's doing, but he's put it into our lives so that we could then have the gospel go forward. There's a reason for it. Beyond, remember, it's not about me. And it's not about you, it's about him. And so the sufferings or the things that I might go through in this life are to bring honor and glory to him somehow, some way. I don't understand it. And let's be frank. A lot of times I don't want those things in my life. But God brings them. And God knows why. And God has perfect timing. And God is sure to bring it out and to say, you know what, I can bring you through this and it's going to bring, bring me honor and glory. Verse number 10. Therefore, I endure all things for the elect's sake, that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Again, it's not about me, but who I can reach with the gospel. 
Verse 11, it is a faithful saying that if we be dead with him, we also shall live with him. If we suffer, we shall also reign with him. If we deny him, he will also deny us. If we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. He cannot deny himself. Listen, keep this life in perspective. Keep this life in perspective. The world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. This is not where I belong. While, work while we're here. Be a witness and an ambassador for heaven while we're able to. But understand, this is temporary. This is not where we're going to end up. Praise the Lord. We live in a beautiful spot. But, you know, heaven. The Bible says, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, nor entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. I can't even imagine it. I can't even think about what, how good heaven's going to be. This is a beautiful place we live in, Southern California. But I don't want to stay here. I don't want to live here for all eternity. Well, no, 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 I don't. I don't. Um, verse 14, of these things put them in remembrance, <clears throat> charging them before the Lord that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of the hearers. Keep the main thing the main thing. Just keep it the main thing. It's easy to get sucked into conversations about trivial things in this life, isn't it? Man, we get, we get to arguing about like crazy stuff. You know, we, we want to be right. We want to show people, and, and we, we tell people, you know what, and we, we gather our facts. We get on Google, and we get all our facts together, and I go and tell you, well, what about this, and what about that, and what about this? And then this person comes and says, yeah, what about this? And he who has the most facts wins. But that's not what we should be getting involved in. We should not be getting involved in that. Are we trying to prove how right we are, how smart we are? Are we trying to win people to the Lord? Be careful about where you take your stands. Be careful about where you take your stands. Now we're to our verse. We made it there. See, that wasn't too long, was it? We made it right there. So verse 15, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So I broke this verse down into three parts. I just see it down there as three parts. Number one, we are to study. We are to study. I loved, I was listening to Brother Caleb talk this morning, and he was talking about teaching the Word of God to our children. He was talking about passing it on to the next generation. And as he, sat, and as he, was, as he was preaching this morning, and I'm sitting there listening to him, I'm thinking, this is perfect. God, you arranged this, and just, you, it couldn't be any better. If you're going to teach somebody something, you have to first learn it. You have to study to show yourself approved unto God. This is active voice. This is, this is meaning now. You need to do this. That means the subject, Timothy, is to be the one doing the studying. He's supposed to be doing it. Because this is who Paul was writing to. It's, it's, it's written to him, says, Timothy, you study. You study. But you know what? It's here in our Bibles. It's here for me to read right now. I am to be studying. I am to be in the Word of God. We may go through different seasons, as I said, but you never get to a season in life where you don't have to study the Word of God. I don't care how old the oldest Christian in this room is. We need to study. We need to study God's Word. I need to study. You need to study. Um, sometimes we get the wrong view of study, and it can be hard at times, but it's, it's never difficult to study the Word of God. Um, Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. What does he say? Take my yoke upon you, and what? Learn of me. Learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is what? It is easy. And my burden is light. We need to study the Word of God. Sometimes I would overhear kids talking about studying. They'd say, I was up until 12 o'clock last night studying. It was so, I was cramming all night long. I'm like, well, that's not the way you're supposed to do it. 
And I don't know how many times I've tried to have a class or just try to sit down with students and say, hey, hey, let me give you some advice. Here's a good way to study. I said, and I've said this, I even said this this year to students. I said, what do you think is going to happen when you start a new chapter in fill in the blank what subject it is? What do you think is going to happen at the end of the chapter? What do you think? Oh, we're probably going to have a test or a quiz. Yeah. So here's a novel idea. When you start the chapter, maybe then you could start studying for the test or quiz. Oh, no, Brother C, we're not going to do that. That's, that's ridiculous. That's, and so they don't. And then it's, they're up late. I, love, I, I taught fifth grade for a lot of years. And we'd do Bible, um, Bible um, quizzes. So they'd have to write it down or something like that. And they'd always say, oh, Mr. Cyprian, can we, can we just look one more time right before we take the test or the quiz? And I knew what they were doing. They didn't study. They didn't study. So I'd say, sure, you can go ahead and take a look at it again. 2 Timothy 2.15, we're going to study. Okay, study the show they suffer. Prove them. Study the show they suffer. Study the show they suffer. Work with them. Okay, okay, can we take it now? And then I would just, I would purposely drive them nuts. Because then I would stop. Say, okay, close your Bibles. Okay, now, let's see. Today, we, and I would just talk about anything. Anything. Why? Because I know they didn't study. And they're trying to get that into that little short-term memory so that I can just process it real quick and then write it down and I got it. I would spend five minutes, seven minutes. I would do anything I could. And they'd be like, can we just take it now? Yeah, sure. Can we look one more time? No. Because you didn't study. You didn't really get it in there. And that's the whole point. Not just to regurgitate it, not just to, I, can I use that word in here? Is that, is that a throw up? Is that, is that? But you know what I mean? I just didn't want them to just repeat it just for the sake of repeating it. The goal was to learn it to that it would become a part of them. And I wanted them to learn that that's what I wanted from them in life and in studying the Word of God. The best way to do it is consistently over time. Consistently. Every, when I, again, I remember when um, Pastor would challenge us at the beginning of the year to read the Bible through in a year. And I thought, oh, that's, that's a big task. That's a lot of reading. And I don't know about you, but I, I am a morning person. How many of you guys are not morning people? Okay. I'm a morning, I love the morning. I love getting up early, but can I be honest with you? Even when I get up early in the morning and I'm reading through the Word of God, I'm like, I don't know if I'm fully awake here and if I'm really getting anything out of this. And be honest. But you do it and you go through it. I try to do different things and, and sometimes I would feel guilty. I'm like, okay, the first thing I do, I got to read the Word of God. If I'm not doing that, I'm a sinner, I'm terrible, and I'm not doing it right. You know, I got to read it first. And I'm like, oh man, I'm tired. Splash some water on my face, do whatever. Then I thought, okay, God, I think you'll understand if I, if I first do some activity first, get the blood flowing and get the going first, and then I sit down and read your word. Can, can I do that, God? And I feel like God said, yeah, you could do that. And I felt okay with that. But every day trying to, now again, I'm going to be honest with you. My goal was to read it every morning and to do it every morning. But I've missed. I've missed. And again, a lot of times, you know, you, I, am I the only one who does this crazy stuff? And then I start to think, okay, I missed one day, so tomorrow I got to read two days so that I can be caught up. And then if I miss two days, now I got to read three days and do, you know what I mean? Is, am I the only one or is there other people who are crazy like me? Okay, good, good. I'm not the only one. But reading it every day, trying to have time in God's word every day. And making sure that we're reading God's word every day. Study consistently. I think that's why he said in Matthew 6, 11, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. Christian, let's be honest with each other. Studying his word every day shouldn't be an option. It shouldn't be optional. It shouldn't be something that we decide we're not going to do. I, I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. 
But it shouldn't be optional. It's a requirement. The devil, the world, and your own sin nature are working against you. And they're working against me. Be careful. Be sober. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And he will devour us if we're not staying close to God in his word. We stray. Our brains start to think all kinds of crazy stuff. We get all out of whack. You start watching stuff on TV. You start watching stuff in social media. You start listening to your friends. And it all starts to go haywire. This is our rock. This is where we need to go to. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. There may, there, there's a lot of other passages that we could talk about the word of God. But I think if you could, I'm just, this is the only other passage I want to turn to for tonight. I'll give you Psalm 119, verse, starting in verse 97. If, you, if you're not read through Psalm 119, just all about the Word of God. It's all about the Word of God. And we, we read there. I'm going to read several verses here. But again, I don't apologize for reading Scripture at church, okay? So I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. Verse 97. It says, Oh, how I love thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Thou, through thy commandment, has made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I've refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from thy judgments, for thou hast taught me how sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it and I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. The word of God, study to show thyself approved. The how to study part is not the most important thing. The why we study is the most important thing. Why do we study? To show thyself approved unto God first and foremost. I don't study, and, and please, I, when I say these things, it always feels like it's coming out wrong, but I don't study for your approval. You don't study for my approval. At least we shouldn't be. I study for God's approval. You study for God's approval. That, we need to keep that correct. Keep that position right. Um, just, it's, it's, it's important that we're, we say we're studying to show ourselves approved unto God. Um, since I've been saved, I, I've met just a few guys. I, I don't get this. I, and not, a, not many, maybe two guys that I've met who studied because they wanted to show you how much they knew about the Bible. Has anybody else met people like that? It's like every time you talk to them, it's like they want to, I don't get where they're coming from. It's like they want to prove to you that no matter what you say, no matter how you act, no matter what you do, some, there's, a, there's a scripture there that I'm going to show you you're wrong. And it's like, wait, 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 what's, what's going on here? Um, how about we just live it? How about we just let it, let it become a part of us and, and be, be um, something that, that forms our nature and who we are and how we interact with people. Study the shows thyself approved unto God. That's what I want to do. Um, I think, I think um, being approved unto God, that, that means that we study his word so it will impact all areas of our life. I think that's what it is. Move on to the second point. Number two, we are to be workmen. We are to be workmen. I, I, somewhere, somehow, somebody put in our heads that work is a dirty word. It, it really is. Somebody said that. It's like, hey, what, work is not a dirty word. We're commanded to work. God has commanded us to work. In America today, there seems to be more people who want to get paid, but they don't want to have any work. I want that job. I want that job where I just, I just show up and I get paid. That's... that's it doesn't happen that way. That's not the way God commanded it. We need to be workmen. I think it was the great, that great Bible teacher, Dave Ramsey, who said, there's a great cure for poverty, and that's called work. It's called work. 
We need to go to work. I, 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 it, the question becomes, who and what are you working for? I hope, I hope that it would be said of me, and I think it would want to be said of everybody in this room, people here, that, that we were honest in our work, and we were hard workers. It, it, in, it just seems like we're getting to a place where it's like, work, what's that? We've, we've got to be working. And not just, um, not just as a vocation, although that's important. I think in this, this graduation season, we get cards and we hear speeches and we tend to give the graduates good advice, st stuff like, whatever you do, you know, make sure you follow God. And that's good advice. That is great advice. But somehow, some way along the lines, as adults, we get away from that sometimes. We forget that. We've, we think it's, it's for everybody else except for me, not my job. Well, God understands my job is this, and I have to do it this way, and so therefore I don't. No, no, no. We need to be workmen. We need to do what we're supposed to do because that's what God wanted us to do. Colossians chapter 3 says this, says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 3.16, verses 16 to 24. Richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. And then he goes down through and he says, wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as it is fit to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. Children, obey your parents and all things, for this is well-pleasing. Fathers, provoke not. What's he talking about? Working and doing things that God has called us to do. Verse 22, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye servants as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever you do, what? Do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. We are to be workmen for God. When we work for God, we should not be ashamed. I should not be ashamed. Whatever my vocation is, whatever I'm called to do, do it as unto the Lord. Wherever God has called you, if you're a banker, be a banker for the Lord. If you, if you drive a truck, drive a truck for the Lord. If you're a teacher, be a teacher for the Lord. Wherever God has called you. Um, let me clarify something here in case somebody starts to get a little bit like, wait, he's talking about working. Your, I'm not talking about working my way to heaven. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, I, am, I am saying that the things that God has called you and I to do, the things that we're called to do as Christians require effort on our part. They require us to put forth some energy. I have to work. It's, it, it, do you think it's just, pastor says, hey, hey, brother Kevin, I want you to preach the Sunday night service on, on June, June 5th. Okay. I'm ready. I don't do any work. I don't put any effort into this thing. It's just going to come. Lord Jesus, please. That's, that's not going to happen. Um, we have to work. Go back to those verses in Colossians when he talks about the things we're supposed to do. He says, wives, submit to your own husbands. Some of us husbands are hard to get along with. And that's hard work. That's hard. Work. Husbands, love your wives. That's easy. That's easy. See, I've learned some things. I've learned some things. But these are things. Children, obey your parents in all things. Children, obey your parents. That's hard sometimes. I was a kid. You were a kid. When mom and dad say stuff, you're like, Ugh. and you get upset. The Lord says to obey your parents. Obey your parents. This is work. Fathers, provoke not your children to anger. Servants, obey your masters in all things. It's work. We need to put forth effort into this thing. Oh, I'm saved now. Boom, done. Everything's coming. God, it's like, he, you know, he opened it up here and poured everything in, and now I'm all set. I've been <laughs> trying to do this Christian life thing for a long time, and it's hard. I can't do it by myself. You can't do it by yourself. We need to put in some effort. Study 
to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Um, if we don't put in the work, but we only use Scripture when it's convenient for us to prove our point, then we should probably be ashamed. I remember one of my favorite stories that in, in back here, we had the bungalows out there. And we're out at recess, and these girls come up to me, and they come up, and they, Mr. Cyprian, Mr. Cyprian, it was recess. Can we go get our Bibles? I'm like, whoa, this Christian school thing is real. You know, these girls are at recess. They want to go get their Bibles. I'm like, sure, go ahead. No problem. Another teacher said to me, you made a mistake. I was like, what? What happened? They're going to get their Bibles to get ammunition. They had a point they wanted to make. So they were going to go get the verses and then go and tell, see, it says right here in the Bible, you're wrong and I'm right. That's not rightly dividing the word of truth. We ought not to be that way. We ought to be better than that. Um, Luke chapter 17, verses 7 through 10. Turn there if you like, but I'll just read it to you. It says, but which of you having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come to the field, go and sit down to meet. And will not rather say to him, make ready wherewithal I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Doth he thank that servant because he had done, did the things which were commanded him? I trow not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which were commanded you, which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants and we have done that which is our duty to do. We are to be workmen. God's called us to work. And again, I'm saying, I'm looking at some people here tonight that you've been doing this for a long, you've been doing this much longer than I have. And you say, I can't work that same way. Do what your Lord's called you to do at this stage of your life. Spend some time. We used to have a lady in our church that would just get the names of people who were shut-ins and they, she'd pray for them and she'd get cards and she'd write cards and she'd do all kinds of stuff. Pray for people who do whatever you can do, whatever stage of life you are in, wherever God has called you, wherever you're at at this moment, do the work for that moment. I don't feel guilty because I can't be on the bus route every Sunday and every Saturday. I don't feel guilty because I can't be in every Sunday school class. I don't feel guilty because I can't be here, can't be there. I'm only one person. You're only one person. You can't do it all. But I can do what God's called me to do. You can do what God's called you to do. If your job is singing in the choir, sing in the choir. Then do that. Bless God. Do something. But be a workman. Do something for God. And continue to work for him. Harry Ironside, pastor of the Moody Bible Church in Chicago from 1929 to 1948 said, It is quite possible for man, even in the work of the Lord, to be approved by his brethren and not have the approval of God. I'm not concerned with trying to be a workman approved to you necessarily. Now I want to be. And we should, we, you know, that, you get the balance on this. Like, I don't want to be offensive to you just because, well, bless God, I'm working for God, and so I'm going to be offensive to you. No. But my primary responsibility is to be a workman approved unto God first. That's my, my primary responsibility. Wherever the Lord has called you, no matter what your vocation is, we need to be, all need to be workmen that needeth not to be ashamed. Even if no one ever says to you or me, good job. Nobody acknowledges what you do. The Lord knows. Nobody may ever come to you and say, thank you for that ministry. Thank you for standing out there every Sunday. Thank you for being in the nursery every week. Nobody may ever say that to you. Now I hope somebody does. And you know what? Let me publicly say thank you to the people who work and serve behind the scenes and nobody sees what you do. That is work. And we couldn't, this church could not survive without those things. So thank you for your ministry. But even if nobody ever says it to you, know that the Lord will one day. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Just continue to work for him. Just continue to be pleasing to him. Last point and I'm done. We are to be rightly dividing the word of truth. Rightly dividing pastor says something to the effect, where the Bible is clear, I want to be clear. Where the Bible is clear, I want to be clear. 
Let me be clear here. There is a wrong way to divide the word of truth. There's a wrong way. We are shown from the very beginning. If you read in the book of Genesis when Adam and Eve are there and that serpent comes and he says, Yea, hath God said? And he begins to twist and turn what the word of God says. He begins to cast doubt on what the word of God says. To the very first two people, he twists that around. He's not rightly dividing the word of truth. God did say some things, but that's not what he said. And so we have that example from the beginning, and nothing has changed. You know, there's still people out there who pull Scripture out of context. Even, they pull that out of context. They, they try to make the Word of God say something that it doesn't say. They'll use a verse here, they'll use a verse there. Now, I thought about this, I, I thought, I, I have this in my notes. As I'm doing, as I'm preparing for this, and I'm bringing different passages of Scripture out, I'm thinking, well, Brother Kevin, are you doing that? Are you pulling this out of context? I don't think so. I think we're trying to stay true to what the Word of God has to say. I tried to give you background and context and what was Paul saying to Timothy and where were they and what was going on so that we could say, this is what's happening here. I'm not trying to make the Bible say something that it's not saying. That would not be rightly dividing the word of truth. They use a verse here and a verse there and, and upon closer inspection, it, it doesn't mean what the word of God has to say. And we need to be careful with that. We need to be discerning. We need to be listening. We need to be looking into the Word of God. That's why we need to study. You can say, you know what, I, I, uh, I've studied that out, and, and I think there might be a difference. Study it out. I'm not, I'm not opposed to look. I, I, don't, I don't think that I have everything figured out from this book. I'm studying. I'm trying. And I'm trying to rightly divide the Word of Truth. That phrase, as I looked that up, there were a couple different things that, that came out for uh, some commentators said that what this phrase means. One of them was uh, a reference to a farmer plowing a field. And when he's plowing that field, he needs to make straight lines. He needs to make, he needs to rightly divide that field. What, what would happen if his, his, you know, he starts plowing that field and he's, woo, just going, it's not going to turn out right. It's not going to be right not going to be the most efficient use of that land. The other one was in reference to um, cutting stones. Um, they didn't have all the fancy machines that we have today, but they had to cut stone by hand to build buildings. And when they had to cut those stones by hand, they had to cut them straight so that when they put those blocks together, the building would be together properly. It would, it would fit together, rightly divided, so that whenever they built the structure, it was, it was sound. And so rightly dividing the word of truth so that we could get this thing, um, we could get it done. There is a right way I mentioned earlier, but we need to put in the time to really get to know this book so that we can rightly divide it. And it's a lifelong process. I used to think, man, one day I'll, I'll get there. I, I, I'd listen to these guys who had been, you know, they've been saved for 30, 40 years, and guys who've been preaching. I thought, man, they got it all together. Everything's perfect. Their life is wonderful. They've got, they, they know the Word of God inside and out, no problem. I'm finding out that's not true. It's a lifelong process. Stuff that I, I, I had no idea. And as you read through the Word, you're like, wow, God, that's in there. And I need to change. I need to change. I'd gotten that wrong. I need to learn more. I need to study more. I need to be true to his word. Um, it's a lifelong process. I'll go back to just a couple verses in Psalms and we'll wrap it up here. Psalm 119 again, verses 165 to 169 says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Lord, I have hoped for thy salvation and done thy commandments. My soul hath kept my testimonies, and I love them exceedingly. I have kept thy precept and thy testimonies, for all my ways are before thee. Let my cry come near before thee, O Lord. Give me understanding according to thy word. I, I, I love to read. Um, I have books everywhere. Um, when we moved, I think I got rid of like three trash bags full of books. I had nowhere to put them. I just, I love to read. 
I love to be in a book somewhere. If you check my backpack, there's probably two books in there. You go home, there's a book on the table, there's a book upstairs. There's, there's books everywhere. And I try to like, okay, I'm gonna get through this book now before I get to the next one. And you know, I get, I, I, it's just insane, it's crazy. I, I don't know why, I think I just love books. But this book, this book is the book. This is the one that I cannot neglect. This is the one that I have to return to time and time again. This is the one that is going to give me understanding beyond any of those other books. And it's amazing to me as I read these other books, it's funny that there's authors out there who think that they've come up with this great new system or program or whatever it is. They think, oh, this is something the world has never seen before. And I think, yeah, we have because they're principles that come from this book. They've just repackaged it. They've changed it up. And they've, they've put some different words in there and tried to sound really smart about it. And I'm like, wait, that's from this book. And this is the book that I need to read. Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Verse 2. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. That's in there. I take great comfort in that. I take great encouragement in that. Because I know that, I, listen, I can go to this book and get understanding. I can get guidance and direction from my Lord and Savior, a God who loved me, and he's written a book to me, and I can study it, and I can read it, and I can learn of him, rightly dividing the word of truth. Um, when you rightly divide a word of truth, then, then I think God can work through us. Why? To comfort those who need comfort. You know, there's people hurting. There's people in this room right now who are hurting. And they might just need somebody to come up and pray with them or talk to them and say, hey, I, I, you know, the Lord just spoke to me and I, I, wanna, I just want to talk with you. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how we're supposed to live. Um, they need to be encouraged so God can use us. And you know what? This book also gives us a chance to correct people who need to be corrected. I, I'm all for the good stuff. I want to be encouraged. I want to be blessed. I want, I want to be lifted up. I want, to be, I want to be praising God. But there comes times in everybody's life sometimes when, you know what, we need to correct a little bit. And the Word of God has the answer for that. I was just on the phone with my brother, I think it was last night, and we were talking about a situation with another church that he somehow got connected with in Texas. And he said, he, my brother's not saved. I don't think he's saved. And he said, he said, Kevin, when this happens, what do you do for these people who, who, who kind of like violate church rules or whatever? I, I don't want to get into all the details. But I said, you know what? I said, you, do, you need to make a way back for those people. And the Word of God gives us a formula for that. It tells us how to do that. When somebody, somebody needs correcting, there's a biblical way to do it. I think our pastor is such, such, he's got such insight on the Word of God. And the Holy Spirit has used him to, to restore people, to bring people. Why? Because he's trusted in the Word of God. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be, be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of truth. I think if we'll do that, we'll speak the truth in love because we have the Word of God in us. I think if we'll do that, we'll be faithful to our spouse because we know that's what the Lord would have us to do. I think if we do that, we'll pray for one another. I think if we'll do that, if we'll rightly divide the word of truth, most importantly, we will lift up the name of Jesus. And he said, if he be lifted up, he will draw all men unto himself. So I think these are the things that we need to do. Um, the only way to preach his word or to teach his word and to pass it along to the next generation is for us to study his word. We have a responsibility. Everybody sitting in this room has a responsibility. You say, I have no children. I have no biological children. I have a responsibility to the next generation of Christians. You have a, next, you have a responsibility to the next generation of Christians. 
to study the Word. You don't know who God will bring across your path and say to you, I want you to reach that person. It's somebody that only you know, that nobody else at Liberty Baptist Church knows or no other Christian is going to come in contact with, but you. And if you aren't studied up, then what happens? Now, God is sovereign. He's able to do all. I get it. But He uses people. So, study to show thyself approved unto God. I'll give you this illustration. I'll be done. If you were building a house and you hired somebody to do it, and you gave them the blueprints. And you said, here, build the house. And then you come back and you check on it, and you're walking around the house, and you're like, wait a second, there's supposed to be a wall right here. Well, you know what, I was going about that, and I thought, nah, that's not a good, that wasn't a good place for all. I decided to do something different. I, I didn't like the plan that you gave. You know what you would say? Same thing I would say, I really don't care what you thought. <laughs> this is my house. These are the blueprints that I gave you. Um, I want you to build the house the way I said, to follow the plan that I gave you. So it, when, so it is when we're working for the Lord. Many of us are very, very busy in what we call Christian service, but we're not working in accordance with the Word. Someday we'll stand before Him. I live with that. I understand that. I don't fully understand it, really. But one day I'll stand before him, and I will give an account for my life. And he's going to say, what did you do? How did you do with the things that I gave you? I'm going to stand before him. Um, I don't want to be ashamed at that day. I already have enough to be ashamed of, being real. I have enough to be ashamed of. I have enough things in my life that, that I've, I've messed up, that I've done wrong, that I didn't get right. There's, there's plenty of that. Trust me. I know me. And there's a lot. So while I have a chance, when I have an opportunity, I want to study His Word so I can figure out how to do what He's called me to do. Why? So that I can be pleasing to Him. I can stand before Him as much as possible, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.